Hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, we have Geffen Skolnick, founder and CEO of Couplet Coffee, although she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her all that much about. Geffen, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I know. This is such a treat. Yeah. I think we just did a really fun clubhouse together, and that was indicative of how fun this will be. I love that. Though the bar is high, but I think that we're ready to meet it. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Main Street. Every day when I log on to Twitter, I'm greeted by Nick Abuzade's smiling face besides a promoted tweet about Main Street asking me if I am a seed stage startup. Unfortunately for me, I'm not, but you might be. So founders, here's the deal. You're owed more than $50,000 in tax credits from the government, seriously. And Main Street can get it back for you in 20 minutes. The truth is that the first 30 to 50,000 times I saw ads for Main Street, I thought it sounded too good to be true. But then Nick gave me the rundown. The U.S. government annually sets aside $100 billion for startups. Main Street connects directly into your payroll system to find which of those credits and incentives apply to your business. Then they'll advance you on the cash you're owed in real time at 0% interest. Oh, and 90% of venture-backed startups qualify. It costs nothing to find out how much you're owed, and listeners of Non-Technical can book a free white glove onboarding call today at MainStreet.com slash Non-Technical. So some background for our listeners on Geffen's professional background. Geffen is the founder of both Couplet, a coffee startup, and Bunch, a 2,200-plus person community for underrepresented founders. She's also a community builder and venture capital investor in underrepresented founders. She's an openly queer woman who formerly worked in product management at places like Tesla and Hulu and studied computational linguistics at UCLA. Today, she looks to make coffee more fun and approachable while supporting marginalized communities through initiatives and partnerships. Geffen, welcome to Non-Technical. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Hello, hello. I'm excited (laughs) to have you. Let's get into it. I'm super excited for us to chat today, not only because I think you're really incredible, but I too am a major coffee fan. Oh, yes. That I know. I see it (laughs) on your social media to the point where I think that you're now a coffee influencer, which... I think is the way to go, personally. I'm definitely walking the line. <laughs> it's a thin line, and you're you're crossing it. That's the territory to go into right now. I'm headed in the right direction. I'm very pro-coffee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are you drinking coffee right now? Have you had any today? I am. What are you drinking? So actually, so side note about this. Yes. I went to Starbucks this morning. <gasps> Girl! I know. And this is like, <laughs> whoa. But... Went to Starbucks this morning because I was like, you know what? I need to do some market research. I need yes. to know about this new little TikTok coffee drink that came out because they have Oatly now. So I'm like, okay, maybe it'll taste better than wow. usual. They have this like brown sugar shake and espresso Oatly drink. Okay. I was like, you know what? If anything's going to be good, it's this. But I just tweeted this right before this, but it tasted like expired poison. <gasps> if that's a thing. No. It tasted so bad. So bad. Aggressively bad. I'm drinking my own espresso from Couplet. Love that. I immediately chucked it and then made my own. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I'm drinking. But it was in the name of market research. It actually genuinely was because I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I really wanted to give it a chance. I respect that. You were staying open-minded. I'm not that open-minded to Starbucks, (laughs) but I will pretend to be. I will continue to pretend to be. 
Yes. Nice. That's the narrative that we're crafting. <laughs> Let the record show. Gavin Skolnick is open-minded. I'm open-minded. <laughs> Love it. I went to Blue Bottle this morning in preparation. One of my faves. So what did you get? Something that I've never gotten before, if you can believe oh, it. I got nice. an Americano with a little whole milk. And how is that? It's great. It's I great. was skeptical. Okay. I would be skeptical. No shade. I, I mean, all shade. Right. No shade, no tea. Yeah. But the only drink that I can actually consume and enjoy there is either the Cascara or the Cascara Fizz or the Shakerado. I can't do straight espresso and milk there because the espresso just doesn't hit for me. You're a big espresso drinker. So I think that you have a pretty refined palate when it comes to that. Yeah, that's why it took a hot minute for me to like really make sure that I'm a fan of my own espresso because I'm so annoying about coffee taste. (laughs) So like me putting out a coffee was, I need to love this more than anything else. And that is hard to do for me. It was like a challenge between me and myself. So yeah. At war with oneself. So Gavin, work is done for the day and you close your computer, then what? So as I've mentioned to you before, you know, work for me prior to working on in coffee and on coffee and on a CPG brand, literally my outlet was coffee. Gets to the end of the day. I'm like, okay, you know what? What if I made my little nighttime cappuccino a little bit different today? And so I come up with little (laughs) different coffee cocktails and things of that nature. I try to get a little bit more experimental with it. And it Mm. technically anything with coffee doesn't work, but this doesn't count. Sure. But sometimes I like to just sit on my roof and read. Otherwise, I pretend like I'm going to try to write poetry again because I used to a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I just get too tired. Too tired at the end of the day Mm. these days. Founder life is different, you know? Yeah. When did you used to write poetry? So my whole life was literally going to this poetry lounge in LA. It's called Mm. DPL. It's at Greenway Court Theater. And they had it every Tuesday. And it's, I think, one of the largest, if not the largest, open mic poetry lounges in LA. And not in LA, but I think in the US, at least. Wow. And it was literally an outlet. It was Mm. a place for me to completely just feel like I'm in a very warm community space. Yeah. And I will say I've never performed my stuff there, but I always, when I wrote poetry, you know, on uh, weeknights and weekends, I would pretend like I was kind of aiming to go up on stage, but mm. I never did. I think that's my little COVID regret is like, wow, now that I actually don't have a chance to and haven't for over a year, maybe when I come back to it, I will. Totally. Poetry is definitely an outlet for me. If you had to perform a poem tomorrow, do you know which one it would be? So the reason why I don't typically perform my poetry is because it's very much like an emotional outlet. I'm kind of trying to frame poetry differently for myself. Mm. Originally, it was like, oh, I just like went through a heartbreak. So I'm going to write this like really sappy type thing. A lot of the times I like to get kind of funky by taking two topics that are completely different, trying to write a poem about them. Nice. But I don't know which one I would do today because I only started segueing into that category versus just an emotional outlet category so that I could finally perform it and be comfortable with it. So I don't know if I would. I would have to come up with a brand new one today. Okay. I hope that it comes back so you can do that. I know. I got to regain some of that energy, prioritize and and get back to it. Knock a couple shots of espresso back. (laughs) I believe in you. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and you know, not a lot of people know this, but couplet, the name is an ode to poetry because a couplet is a two line poem. Oh, of course. And obviously there's the play on words with it sounds like cup. Cup, Yeah. But some people call it couplet. So really just depends on your mood. It depends on your mood. You're feeling a little bit bougier. It's a couplet coffee. It is. But if it's couplet, Mm. but it's couplet. (laughs) I am so excited for couplet to take over the world and have a bunch of people be like, have you heard of couplet? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Target. 
I'm looking for <laughs> It'll be the Target of the oh, artisanal yes. coffee world. Absolutely. Have you ever been known as the something person? For example, I was definitely the theater girl in high school. This could be a high school, college, a job. Yeah, I'm going to be annoying again and talk about coffee, but I will also add Let's some gay it. stuff to it. We'll add some gay stuff into it because we need to get into coffee that too. and gay stuff. Coffee and gay Perfect stuff, combo. yeah. I was the coffee gay. I think that's that's an accurate way. Nice. In high school, I was a jock. My first love was honestly basketball. And mm. I was pretty darn good at it, but I had some pretty bad experiences with coaches and things like that. But yeah. I was that girl walking around with basketball shorts, bouncing really? a basketball in middle through high. I was the job. Wow. People knew that. But in middle school, it was funnier because it was like, who is this weirdo? Why is she walking around <laughs> our school right now, bouncing her basketball? And the funniest yes. part about it was I was so serious about it. Like I was so serious about it that I would get to school really, really early in the morning because I was trying to impress my coach at the time. My fingers were completely black and bloody all the time. Wow. So when I say like basketball was actually a thing that I was known for, like that's why, because people knew that it was, I was obsessed with basketball as both an observer, a player, someone who wanted to be in the WNBA one day. I was known for that for middle through high for sure. And it is associated with gayness, I would say. And so, yeah, immediately people got catching on like, She's a little fruity. She's a little gay. Then it became like a gay thing. Our girls' basketball team in high school were a bunch of lesbians. <laughs> so like, it all became like one personality. The third layer here is that for a decade of my life, I was obsessed with coffee and people knew me for that yeah. because I was extremely annoying about going out of the way to go to a decent coffee shop because I couldn't stand Starbucks as soon as I realized that there was better coffee. Took years. Oh, okay. So if your friends were like, oh, let's go to Starbucks, were you like, no, 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 no. They know better. They know better. (laughs) They They were like, we're not doing that. I think I started off drinking a lot of Starbucks because that's what I thought coffee was. But as soon as you kind of go to that first coffee shop that you're typically probably intimidated by, but you finally walk in and enjoy a drink, you're like, oh, wow. Freshly roasted, freshly ground. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So then all those three personalities just kind of were who I was to people. (laughs) Yeah. And at some point, did the coffee part overtake the basketball part? 100%. Yeah. The basketball part ended because I quit, I think, my junior year. So I had to reinvent myself a little bit my senior year and come up with new things to, I guess, live for because basketball was like (laughs) literally my whole life. So the the first thing was like coffee. And then I found computer science my senior year of high school. And by the way, I was like very much, I was smart and getting away with decent grades, but yeah. We care a lot about school then. Mm, okay. Like I said, my whole life was like, I want to be an athlete. That is all that yeah. I care about. <laughs> uh, I couldn't say anything else. But yeah, yeah. I, I took AP computer science, which was hilarious. Cause like, who's this jock in this class? Didn't, no one had ever <laughs> seen me. And uh, I did not kill it. I did poorly, but I was extremely challenged. And that was the first time I felt truly challenged in a class, which is why I ended up doing that as my degree because... That's awesome. I was like, I need to be challenged or I can't do this. Yeah. So you mentioned that you left basketball behind in your junior year. You had to sort of reinvent yourself senior year. Mm -hmm. Did you keep wearing the basketball shorts? Oh, I still don't wearing basketball shorts right now. (laughs) Right right now. now, I'm I'm still a hooper. I'm a hooper. I was life. Just kidding. I couldn't run up and down a court right now. Like... (laughs) 
huffing and puffing, but all his life is a sentence I've never said before until just now. I love that though, because I'm now a basketball influencer. <laughs> like it's such a thing. It kind of really plays into hustle culture with tech. You know, it, yeah. like the ball's life, uh, grind till you <laughs> drop, uh, blood, sweat, tears, rise and grind, hustle. Yeah. Right. Like it's the same yeah. thing tech pros talk about on the internet. So yeah, it felt very totally. aligned. <laughs> very much so. There you go. So what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? Something inconsequential that you would really go to bat for? So controversial, hot take, cancel me. We'll probably get my gay card revoked, but (laughs) whole milk and coffee, whole milk. (gasps) Really? Full fat, full fat. Whole milk is the best with espresso. Like I don't care what anyone says. It says I'm afraid right now because I'm yeah. standing up for what I believe in. But you're standing up for what you believe in. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, though. Wow. Honestly, an innovator, trendsetter, not afraid to speak her mind. I yes. love it. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's a cancelable offense, in my opinion. It is. I, I know it. People are oat milk stands. I'm drinking whole milk right now. Me too. Straight yeah. up. Virtual high five. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Cheers to that. (laughs) Why would this revoke your gay card specifically? Oh, this is great. Um, I love this because love talking about gay shit. So oat milk is a thing. I don't know if you're like, if you've ever come across these types of TikToks and this little cultural thing we have amongst the Mm. gays, but anytime someone orders a drink anywhere and they say like an oat milk latte or something like that, it's kind of like a secret code for like this Mm -hmm. person's gay. So (laughs) Not super true. It's totally okay, not super I'll... true. But <laughs> but like we make we think I it's a joke. It's love funny. that so much. <laughs> it's just a thing. Like that's great. It's wow, a I've, thing. I've definitely sent the wrong signals <laughs> in certain circumstances. <laughs> I'm learning. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just like a funny thing. Like you know, if you're wearing something that might give off those type of vibes, and you order that, it's like mm, yeah. They're like I just truly wholeheartedly believe it's just like. I've tried all the milks, okay? I've yet to try yeah. pistachio milk, and I will. She's tried them, folks. I've tried them. Prove me wrong. Send me mm. hate mail. Truly do. But yeah. it just tastes so good to me. It yeah. just it, it hits different. It hits different. Whole milk and espresso. I love it. There's also more protein. There's more protein. It just, it's more rich. Um, the sweetness from the whole milk, with depending on like what you use for espresso, it just kind of harmonizes better. And I think... A lot of the people who actually yeah. make espresso blends and things of that nature, they're typically thinking of, you know, what would go well with like milk. Mm. The extra protein is important if ball is life. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. There we go. You get it. <laughs> Ugh. Yes. I'm with it. I'm with it. Is there anything your family did growing up that you thought was normal at the time, but then later you realized was sort of extremely strange? A lot of things my family does is extremely strange. So I come from an immigrant family and my parents have always been seen as like very much weirdos. A lot of the time though, I will say I was mostly friends with other immigrants. So people who came from immigrant families or were immigrants like myself, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's a certain cultural thing and like a, a certain foundation that you have and you understand about, you know, where you came from. Even if you're from completely different countries and, you know, are immigrants in America, there's unity there. Yeah. Where did they immigrate from? From Israel. So I was born in Israel and we came here. Oh. Yeah. We came here when I was around like four or five. My mom is really weird. She's going to listen to this and she's going to know what I'm going to bring up, but she makes (laughs) weird noises. (laughs) I like sounds like she, 
it just has sound effects. And so one of the main sounds that she'll make though, so, and just in front of anyone really embarrassing as a kid. Now everyone just knows and accepts it, but she'll just meow. Yeah. And like, I'll ask her serious questions and she'll just start meowing. Oh, so that's, that's literally her response to things. Okay. Let's unpack. (laughs) So what kind of meow are we talking about here? (laughs) Oh, we're talking like, like to just kind of like a little bit of an elongated, like Mm -hmm. type of thing. Like she'll just okay. keep meowing in different tones. So like a full cartoon cat noise. Basically, yeah. Because it's typically when she like doesn't feel like talking to you or she doesn't want to answer something. You're basically being ignored. <laughs> like that's what she's doing. Or she just wants to be weird <laughs> or like embarrass my little sisters or something like that. It's It was sure. super embarrassing as a kid. And I was like, you know what? Are other immigrant parents maybe like this? Or is are people this weird? And I'm sure they are behind closed doors. But she was... Mm-hmm. Outside of those closed doors, still being weird. So it's just like, I don't know. I haven't seen this at other people's houses. Yeah. So So I'm I'm fascinated. I have several follow-up questions, actually. So first follow-up question is have you ever tried meowing back? Yeah, I meow now. Like I straight up meow. Like I will text my friends, we'll be talking okay. and I'll just throw a meow in there. I'll either send a voice note meowing or I'll just mm-hmm. like say meow. No reason. No context. They just kind of know. Are there different meows that have different meanings? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what did I study linguistics for if not this? You know, there's different intonation in the way that you say it. (laughs) There's straight up different intonation. Throw it on a spectrogram. Of course. I think the reason why I bring up that they're immigrants is because I think a lot of people who are from immigrant families could relate to the fact that they're always seen as weird for some reason by like probably white American families or just American mm. families in general. I know a lot of my friends uh, who would have food that looks or tastes different, including myself. We'd bring it to school. People would have this opinion or make fun of you if your jacket smells a certain way, if your food looks a certain way, if it's not like a bologna sandwich like mm. they're used to or whatever. It's totally yeah. a thing to be made fun of for different quirks from your immigrant families. It's fascinating to me because there's totally been a bunch of different cultural shifts since my youth that favor yeah. differing personalities and things like that now. Totally. I think it was just like one of many things that made them stand out. Even having accents, even having accents. And the meows. Accents and meows and different languages and lingo yeah. and mixing Hebrew and uh, English. It's just kind of how we all communicate. And so it's totally seen as weird, but the weirdest thing is the meows. An extra layer, <laughs> a linguistic layer to us. <laughs> That is an, an unexpected nuance, perhaps, that's specific to your family. Very much love. so. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in that could be fashion, workout, cultural, whatever, that now, in retrospect, makes you a little cringy? Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I would say Ed Hardy, if you're uh, if you're familiar with Ed Hardy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And party days. I mean, I had some atrocious outfits, atrocious stuff. Please don't go on my Facebook. You'll probably find some stuff there. Did you have the t-shirt? I had the t-shirts and I'm going to have to take a look, but what kind of like I'm talking like so many colors (laughs) everywhere. I don't remember. I just remember like the colors never made sense. Like the color scheme was just like throw up color, throw up color, like no idea, no rhyme or reason for it. And I was like really weird print and materials. And I wore it. I stand it. It was part of the culture. It was fine. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I pair it with like juicy couture pants. 
Sorry, which culture was this a part of? I don't even know. Because you know what? Like, I plan to be a part of Gen Z, but who knows? I don't think any of them relate to this. This is different. This is different stuff. Ed Hardy is different. Ed Hardy hits different. It's a different generation, I think. I'm definitely at the cusp of Gen Z and millennial, but I definitely relate more and participate more in Gen Z culture. I think the third thing that really brought this all together with my horrendous outfits was like limited to. You have to remember limited to. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. You know what I mean? Of course. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. And that one brand with the monkey on it, Paul something. Oh, 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 Paul Frank. I would just mix and match. Yes. All those different pieces because it's like supposed to be cool or nice, but none of it made sense. Each individual article of clothing was just, oh, don't know about that. I don't know what we were thinking as a collective whole. I don't know. So the monkeys was named Julius, I believe. Yeah. I think it was Julius the monkey was part of the Paul Frank collection. And you have a great memory. Well, I know this because I desired one of those shirts so badly (laughs) because that is what all of the cool girls at my school would wear. And I thought that it would make me cool to have one definitely grasping at straws for coolness. Uh, never, never quite getting there. Shockingly owning a shirt with a monkey on it didn't quite (laughs) tip me over the edge. But yeah, I remember that vividly. And then the limited two, I loved, I loved so much. I will say Ed Hardy didn't quite make it to Connecticut. That makes sense. Okay. When I was growing up, like all our clothes and everything that we got was like straight up Ross and Payless shoe source. So I wasn't really getting any of this stuff. This was very much so like mm-hmm. clearance rack somewhere. Yeah. So like Ed Hardy actually came to Costco. Sure, sure. This is a vivid memory. Otherwise yeah. I would never have gotten it because it was really overpriced. I remember it was super expensive stuff. Can you imagine being the person doing that business development deal between no. Ed Hardy and Costco? Like, can you imagine that meeting know. where they're just like, we got to find some <laughs> new means of distribution. Someone's like, what about Costco? Costco like, has great yes. clothes though. Like Costco has Perfect. really good stuff. Clothing wise, they've always got like really. Tell me more. <laughs> There's like uh Nike joggers and things like that. Now there's also this really funny streetwear thing that they just came out with. They have like a really? Kirkland signature crew neck that I think the streetwear community kind of adopted to be a thing. I think they sold out quite a lot of those uh, oh sweaters. Kirkland signature. They look really oh nice. It's like, mostly embroidered i'm pretty sure but yeah they're going into it with like you know what yeah you're right we do carry some clothes here let's come up with our own line we're gonna be hip (laughs) a streetwear brand now that is so yeah much respect to costco that is wild to me i have never purchased an item of clothing from costco i'm not saying that i wouldn't when i think of kirkland signature i think of barrels of pretzels wow yeah. Very different association than but, mine. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to know that somebody else out there thought that Paul Frank was <laughs> the height of cool. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the most memorable gift you've ever given someone or received yourself? Interesting. So I think I'll do the given. So something that I'm doing from one of my best friends of all time, we've known each other since we were 16. Aww. I'm actually coming up with a new couplet coffee probably a limited drop of coffee beans <gasps> from the place where oh. her mother was born in Mexico <gasps> because her mother oh passed away when she was a kid and she like holds her near to oh. her heart and I'm going to drop it for her birthday and it's going to be dedicated to her mom. <laughs> so that is, oh yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll do the given one. Cause that's something that I'm doing right now that I am really happy about. And I think it's the one thing that I've always wanted to do. And like the most thoughtful way is actually really going through a whole process and coming up with something. We're actually putting a lot of thought into gifts, something I really like to do. And it's one of my love languages. So 
gift giving gift gift. giving and also receiving but like for me it's more so about gift giving totally oh my gosh i'm so excited for you to give that gift that's gonna be yeah so i was gonna surprise her but instead i'm actually gonna do it with her because I think that it'd be more special oh, that's nice. if, you know, I, I source some of the beans, the green beans, we'll roast them together because mm-hmm. she's recently getting into coffee. <gasps> I was like, this is a great opportunity for you to actually go through the process with me. Like I'll do all the heavy lifting. We'll just try beans from that region and whatever like clicks the most for you. And we can involve your family in it, whatever, like we'll roast that and make that something that we sell with couplet. So going to be such a nice memory that you two have together. It is. Yeah. It's also a memory, but it's creating something with someone and having a real authentic story to go behind it is also part of the reason why I do what I do now with couplets. So this is like one of the things where I'm like, Oh, I'm super excited about it. Cause there's a story to tell there. Absolutely. Speaking of stories to tell two part question for you, mm-hmm. who would play you in a movie about your life? And part two, would this be a biopic? So full life story, oh. or would it focus on one particular part of your life? Interesting. I personally think that Billie Eilish would be great to play me because love. I'll tell you why. Cause my little sister, Lotem, shout out Lotem, love her to death. I have two shout little sisters. Lotem. We love both of them. Shaquette and Lotem, but Lotem once told me like a while ago, she's been a Billie Eilish fan for a minute. She was like, Hey, you, uh, you and Billie Eilish have very similar energy. I feel like you're like very similar in the way you talk, present yourself, act. And then I started seeing videos and TikToks and things of her. And I was like, wow, you're right. This could be my little sister. Like, this is wild. Really? Yeah. She, it's just like kind of the way she talks. She'd be like super nonchalant and just kind of like laid back. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how my sister sees me. She's like, yeah, she's just reminds me so much of you. It's so weird. So yeah, I think if anyone top of mind, it would definitely be her. She'd have to cut her hair, but it's fine. (laughs) She'd have to cut her hair. But I think that to get into the role of a lifetime, I think that that would be something she'd be willing to do. I think she'd look good with short hair because we kind of look alike sometimes. I think with just the the blue eyes, but it's fine. (laughs) The energy thing is really important. What do you think it means to have Billie Eilish energy? Someone who just fairly authentic to themselves and doesn't craft a personality or persona for the public. I've always felt like even when she was a lot younger than she is now, and I just feel like she's maintained this same energy and the same things that she puts out, things that she says, the way that she acts, like it's been the same. Mm -hmm. And the other day, actually, I was looking at this video of myself. I always go through my Facebook memories, both to like find out if there's anything problematic I said in like 2012, (laughs) just straight up being honest right now, back in the wild times of 2012 and like 2011. But also because I'm just curious, like, what was I like? And I'm very much the same exact person, just a little bit refined, but I saw a video of myself as like a literal child, 12 year old. And I sounded the same and I talked the same way. So I feel like someone like that, who's actually stayed super themselves one way or another and puts that out into the world. I feel like that's how people feel about Billy, especially because she dresses the way that she wants to dress. Whatever the reasoning is, like she just completely says like F you to society. Like this is who I am. Ah, I love that. I hope she's available for this epic movie. That'd be awesome. I would love to work with her. She's incredible. And you know what? She could do the soundtrack too. See, that's perfect because for me, music is a really big thing where like I secretly, that would be what Mm. I'd be doing right now is something in music. Yeah. No one knows this. I don't talk about it much, but music is really, really special to me. Like going to concerts. I definitely want to create music at some Mm -hmm. point. Like I used to make beats as a kid Mm -hmm. on whatever, I think it was Fruity Loop or something, Ableton. I got some gear and started to learn different things, but like I, I was just like super overwhelmed every time because there were so many different things I wanted to learn at once. This this, this is what happens with me, but yeah. 
So music, I'd be super fun to work on with her at the movie. Absolutely. You also at one point mentioned to me that you're pretending to learn guitar. Exactly. That's why I said that. That's why I said that because (laughs) I'm just being completely honest with you. Like I spent a lot of time learning guitar. I finally got over my initial hump, which was what made me quit last time, which is, you know, the fingers hurting. So I built my calluses this time, got through that hump. And then I kind of dropped off because I got kind of frustrated at like me not being able to move between chords fast enough to make it sound how it should. So that's why I'm saying I'm pretending like it's there in front of me every day and I should get back into it and come back to a routine with it because it honestly made me really happy and like brought me a certain sense of joy because I've always really wanted to go into music in what point in life. And I think I'd like to know at least one instrument before doing that. So I'm saying I'm pretending because I don't want to give myself the credit because I did stop. (laughs) But I'll come back to it one day. I relate to that, of course. I would never say, oh, I watercolor, but I have watercolored for fun, totally for fun with the intention of not posting it, publishing it, sharing it at all. That was really just like, oh, this is a nice way to do something creative that I don't have to put on the internet. That's, I think a lot of people forget that they can do that these days for sure. They're like, oh, I uh, just bought watercolors. I need to make an Etsy right now. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I purchased those supplies with the exact opposite intention. I was like, this is going nowhere. This is mine, you know? Yeah. And I think that's exactly how people should start doing it. I think that's really great that you went about it that way because, you know, if something brings you joy and even if you don't feel particularly good at it or if you're really good at it, sometimes things can just be for you and not for anybody else. A hundred percent. Okay, so this is all coming together. So we've got Billie Eilish, then you two can collaborate on the soundtrack, which I love that because then it'll feel really true to you. Yeah. And then do you think this is going to be a biopic, the whole life story, or Mm -hmm. is this going to be focused on a particular era in your life? I definitely would think you would need to go full life story. There's just so many different things that I've phased in and out of. You know, if my career gets to the point where like, it's someone people want to write a movie about, right? I think really, 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 really important to have the context of me cleaning theaters full-time and bathrooms and shit in community college. Where were you doing that? My first job was AMC theaters. And I really, really, yeah, it's it's really important for me to, for people to see like, Hey, this person came from an immigrant family. They worked their way up to get to a comfortable life, but she didn't grow up that way. So she went to community college and worked her ass off to get to UCLA. And then everything was obstacles and obstacles, but obviously there's layers of privilege of getting to each next step, but it's important to kind of see someone in a different light. And I think having the context of this person used to clean bathrooms not that long ago and like worked yep. full-time yeah. while going to school full-time and was in community college where like no one would even look at yep. a resume to like now starting a company and having some investors right. and stuff. Like I think that would be really, really important for me to focus on, I think, in a movie about myself. I have chills. I think that sounds great. Wow. Okay. I'm very excited about this film. I will watch it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to, obviously I would help make it because it sounds amazing. Yes. What makes you laugh? Where do you turn for comedy? Yeah. Comedy is important to me. I always told myself that I'd be a comedian because I always thought it was really funny. <laughs> but really? Yeah, yeah. I pretended I actually signed up for, uh, these stand-up comedy classes. Fun. Yeah. I signed up for them, but I couldn't afford to actually pay for them. So I, I applied for yeah. scholarships to do it and I didn't get the scholarship. So I just never did it, but I was very serious about like trying to take right. some comedy classes. There was just no way that I was going to pay for it. Cause I was always broke. Basically what makes me laugh right now is just straight up TikToks, And my humor is just like, so it goes all over the place. The dumbest things make me laugh. There's one account on sure. TikTok. It's at okay. Boston be a man. And he's, 
So funny for no okay. reason. So funny for no reason. Every single TikTok is the same thing. Love it. He shows this compilation video of some topic and then he gives his opinion on how to be a man about it. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that obviously stood out to me was, <laughs> it was about coffee. It was like, don't drink coffee, eat the beans be a man. So like stupid, stupid stuff like that makes me laugh right now. And it's very much just TikTok humor. I, that's my whole personality is just TikTok humor and TikTok trends. So yes, (laughs) that's what makes me laugh. I asked you earlier, if you had to perform a slam poem or a poem tomorrow, what poem you would do, but if Mm -hmm. you had to do a stand up set tomorrow, what would you talk about? Honestly, just gay stuff straight up. Or I would do, uh, it's like in coffee shops, like coffee shop skits. Yeah. Or I would, I talk about this all the time, like a gay bachelorette. Like I would make a whole stand-up comic okay. set about a fantasy gay bachelorette. Cause they're, they're never going to do this cause they suck. But, and they're literally missing out on bajillions mm-hmm. of dollars because truly lesbian drama is just so whack. It's just crazy. It's so much, mm. um, and really intense. So putting a bunch of lesbians in a room together is very chaotic and they're missing out on so much on doing that. I would come up with a whole set just based on the concept totally. of a gay bachelorette. And I want to be the bachelorette, <laughs> but I want yes! to do a set on this. <laughs> it's just gay things are really funny. It's really funny. The culture is really funny. There's so many subcultures and subcultures between subcultures. And it's just so mm-hmm. much to talk about and everyone can relate to each other in at least a couple different ways. So very funny stuff. I would want to make fun of multiple different types of gays and the bachelorette. So <laughs> I love that gay bachelorette sounds fantastic. It's, I think they're, like I said, missing out on so much money. Chris Harrison, whoever else producers of bachelorette bachelor hit me up anytime. We need to produce yeah. this. You could be the first one. You could, like you said, you could be the first gay bachelorette. <laughs> I would love to do that. that I literally great, would do it. It, like, <laughs> it would be funny because I would make fun of it. Cause I watch it now to like numb my brain a little bit. Like it's a very stupid show, but if there was a little bit more spice and gayness, it would be more fun. Mm, a little gay spice makes everything nice. That's what I That's heard. That's beautiful. That's a poem. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. I also do poetry, as you just heard. <laughs> do you know your astrological sign and do you care? Uh, of course I care. Of course. Like I said, I don't know if you forgot, but I am gay. And so like gay people... <laughs> Yeah, the the theme here is that I'm gay, like coffee, and I played basketball. But (laughs) yes, I'm a Sagittarius. My moon is Pisces. My rising is Taurus. Like, I got the whole chart laid out for you. And I'll tell you why, because all of the women, all the women that I've dated have been super into astrology, most Mm. of them at least, and they (gasps) teach me things all the time. They're like, Oh, that's your Scorpio Venus coming out. Or like, that's your Pisces moon coming out. I'm like, no, did I guess? I mean, I guess guys, I don't know. Is that what's coming out? But I do know. And I do care because I I learn about it a lot all the time. Yeah. I never learn fun stuff like that from dating. If you can believe it. Nobody's ever telling me about it. Absolutely believe it. Yeah. It's one of the first things that, you know, (laughs) at least like queer women ask each other is absolutely like, what's your sign? Sometimes it'll just like, ghost you if you're a certain sign like people don't like gemini's and libras and stuff you know what i mean like there's there's biases like there's stuff that pops up it's a little bit toxic but okay it's funny like people like ask you for your co-star if they want to date you it's a whole it's a cultural thing like i said oh my one of those subcultures (laughs) amongst the subcultures 
Love that. Gayness. Definitely queer woman in person. So what does it mean to be a Sagittarius? I don't know. Honestly, I think there's, it's just like a little bit more complicated than that because I think when you think about someone as a person as a whole, Mm -hmm. Sagittarius is only like one very small aspect, but by the way, not an expert at all. I just kind of learn things as I go here. Mm -hmm. But from my understanding, you know, the reason why I'm really sentimental and nostalgic and have a lot of emotions that I'm in tune with is my Pisces moon, for instance. And I think that sways most of my personality. Mm. And in terms of like my Venus is in Scorpio. So oh, that in itself, like kind of sways how I think about things romantically and love wise. Sometimes it just means I'm a little stubborn yeah. or I'm like, harder to nail down or I'm a little bit impulsive and things like that. But yeah, I think there's a lot of different aspects that come to play there. It's kind of wild. Wow. I love the nuance behind that. Gavin, do you believe in ghosts? Ghosts? Yeah, I think so. Um, I watched the uh, Cecil Hotel documentary and I actually used to live right next to it a couple months ago. And yeah, one could say there are ghosts just based off of creepy stuff that I've seen. And I'm just going to believe in to believe in. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, but I want, I definitely (laughs) do think that when I'm a ghost, like I would love to haunt people. So I want to believe that I will straight up. Are there people that come to mind right now? You don't have to say who, but are there people you already know you're going to want to haunt? Yeah. Like the Starbucks CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Howard Schultz. She's coming for you. (laughs) Straight up at you. hundred percent and coming for you. Yeah. People like that. Love that. I mean, listen, more power to Starbucks. Like they actually really helped our coffee community and industry like blow up. But Howard Schultz, I'm looking at you. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Ghost Geffen is coming for Howard Schultz. (laughs) Awesome. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Main Street. Main Street helps venture-backed startups uncover tax credits they've never heard of in 20 minutes. You don't even have to be profitable. Main Street found tax credits for Geffen's company, Couplet, on their first payroll cycle when they had no revenue and only two employees. Also, it's worth taking a look even if you already have a CPA because a lot of these tax credits are obscure. The CEO of Science.io said they hired the best CPA in San Francisco to look for credits and Main Street still blew them out of the water to the tune of $120,000. If you haven't filed your taxes yet, don't. I mean, do, definitely do, but go to MainStreet.com first. These credits expire when you file for your 2020 taxes. 90% of venture-backed startups qualify. It costs nothing to find out how much you're owed, and listeners of Non-Technical can book a free white glove onboarding call today at MainStreet.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Geffen Skolnick, CEO and founder of Couplet Coffee. Geffen, we have come to a very exciting time in this episode of Non-Technical. It is the lightning round. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. So, you know, the first question in the lightning round is typically coffee or tea, but I don't even know. <laughs> That's funny. I think, you know, the answer to that one, it's coffee, but matcha sometimes. Ooh, coffee, but matcha sometimes. Fantastic. iOS or Android? iOS, 100%. Anyone who says Android needs help. What about, do you have a favorite board game? Um, yeah. What is that one game? Apples to Apples? Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes. 100%. That's a good one. Have you ever read a book twice? No, I'm really annoying about consuming content twice at all. Really? No, nothing twice? Like TV shows, I can't. I can't do it. <gasps> you can't watch shows? I don't know. I can't. I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Like, why? Uh, I need to be surprised. Wow. I've seen yeah. Cops and Rec like upwards of 15 times. That makes more through. sense to me. That makes more sense <laughs> to me. But I need a gap between watching it. I'm not going to lie. I get that. Do you have a <laughs> pump-up song? 
pump up song, anything from summer 2016, probably controller by Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Why summer 2016? It was a great summer. Like, come on, there was great music, uh, great music that summer. If you look up any summer 2016 playlist right now, like you will just feel good. Okay. That's what I'm going to do after this. Yes. When you make your bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? No top sheet, but I couldn't care less about... A lot of people are like very controversial. They're like, oh my God, I hate this or I love this. Couldn't care Mm -hmm. less. (laughs) Love that. A rare non-opinion on the top sheet. You're right. People are usually very intense about this. Yeah, exactly. Just calling them out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What would you title your memoir? You know what? I don't know. Coffee and gayness. Coffee and gayness. Okay. I think that that would get right to the heart of the matter. It's really not good, but it's what we're going with. You can always change it later. I mean, you could write multiple memoirs. That sounds like fun. I'm trying to think if there's like a pun in there. A good, a good gay for coffee. A good... A couplet of gays. A couplet of gays. A couplet of gays. I love that. Boom. (laughs) I swear. I told you just on the spot. Yes. That was beautiful. That was fantastic. Wow. Geffen, thank you so much for joining us today on Non-Technical. I would love to know if there is somewhere that uh, folks can find you if they want to learn more. So ironically, uh, my at on Twitter is Chief Gay Officer. Surprise, surprise. And honestly, uh, yeah, I will be much more responsive on Twitter than any other platform on their way too much. So please do reach out on Twitter. Like I said, at Chief Gay Officer. (laughs) very much (laughs) easy to find that name. So yeah. Love that. Awesome. Okay. And folks, if you want to find me, you can find me at yay Alexis gay on Twitter and Instagram or at non-technical pod on Twitter. Geffen, it has been such a total and complete pleasure to chat with you today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you do too. This was super fun. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 